Hey guys, welcome to the Tanner Stump Lifestyle and Leadership Podcast, where we talk about faith, fitness, and other culture-related topics. And today's episode, uh, where I really want to shift gears today uh, and give you guys a few minutes to uh, get a legal pad, a piece of paper, a pen, uh, something to write with, if you will. That way you can see it, and that way uh, you can use this throughout the rest of your week, uh, is where I really want to shift gears today. Uh, I want to talk about does your walk align with your talk. I think for so many of us today, we can really talk a big game. We can really talk about doing something, uh, but really shifting our priorities and starting to write things out to where we can see them and starting to take daily action steps uh, that obviously become something tangible that we can do for the rest of our life uh, is what's going to separate uh, the walking from the talking, if you will. Uh, There have been seasons in my life to where I was really good about talking about stuff, but Uh, Unfortunately, things never got done because I didn't have the right uh, tools in my arsenal, if you will. I didn't have the right uh, people. I didn't have the right resources. We could probably argue that fact as well. So what I want to talk about today is, does your walk align with your talk? And for a lot of us today, if we're being honest, uh, it doesn't necessarily align with that. We say one thing, but we don't really live it out to the fullest every single day. So are we giving other people advice? And practicing what we're preaching, or are we just being hypocritical, telling other people what to do, giving them good sound advice, giving them good practical strategies, but we ourselves are not following through? I recall a time in my life to where I lost a significant amount of weight. Uh, and unfortunately, throughout that season, after I lost that weight, I was really good about telling other people what to do, how much protein eat what kind of vegetables they need to eat, how much water consumption they need to have every single day. Uh, But I myself was being super hypocritical uh, and crap really hit the fan uh, because, you know, I was telling my parents what to do. And I myself was not uh, practicing what I was preaching every single day, guys. So uh, in the nutshell, I started to see myself go back to where I was. So I think us practicing what we're preaching requires us to walk our excuse me requires us to um, walk the walk every single day. And the book of James uh, talks about us just being doers, right? We we talk a lot. We you know we go to church. We do all these things, but are we really fulfilling God's word every single day? Uh, and the book of James is around AD forty nine. To give you guys some context, in Jerusalem, uh, and James is very. Uh, encouraging, but he's also very challenging too. So James chapter one out of the New Living Translation in verse one, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. That when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blowing and tossed by the wind. I want to stop right there for a second. I've been double-minded in my faith before. I've asked God for something but I put more of an emphasis on trying to get it from other people first instead of from him. Guys, people, as much as I'd like to say it, would never let us down. 
That is just a false narrative. There's going to be people in your life that do let you down, but God will never let you down. And you have to continue to rely on him every single day, putting your trust in him first and foremost. Tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. How many of us have been unstable in certain things in our life before, huh? I know I've been there myself, and I know that for a lot of us, it can be so easy to not have a plan, to not take actions daily because, you know, we just don't know what to do. We don't know where to start. We don't know what that foundation looks like. So I'm going to help you guys to paint some perspective what that's going to look like today and help you guys move things in the right direction. That God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and grass withers. The little flower drops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So we talk about trying to do away with sin, talk about trying to clean up our lifestyle, talking about trying to be renewed in God every single day. Growing up in church, I wasn't necessarily persistent in my Bible reading at all. I didn't know what repentance meant. I didn't know how to ask for forgiveness. And guys, God died for us on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. You know, he paid the ultimate price that we could never endure, even imagine what he did for us. But he loves you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I know you've heard that many of times if you've grown up in church, but I want to take it a step further today. Plan and purpose, but taking action, trying to find better coping mechanisms and strategies to overcome certain adversities or even certain sin patterns in your life. One thing for me is, I struggled with the food for many years, but also I think for a lot of guys is that, you know, when we start to work out, when we start to eat healthier, our testosterone, our energy levels go through the roof. And something I've had to be more mindful of is sugar and lust, sugar and pornography, if I'm being honest, something I struggled with at one time in my life. I had to look at it from the perspective of it's given me false dopamine. It's given me false instant gratification. I'll feel good in the moment. But I will feel like crap later throughout the rest of the day and the days to come. So being more mindful of the things of what God says versus what the world has to offer. We're always going to be tempted, but we got to continue to flee from that every single day. And I'm talking to myself here today too. I'm preaching with you guys. I'm not preaching at you. Tanner is a flawed individual. I know my weaknesses and I got to continue to work on them daily. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun <laughs> rises and the grass withers. The little flower drops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. So basically saying we get so focused on the glory days that we miss the opportunity in the present moment of how can we be a servant to God, others, and ourself last. We get so focused on look what I did versus what God is doing in me and through me. I've had to swallow some hard pills in my life because I was so focused on the accomplishments, the highlight reel, if you will, of look what I did today. Look how much weight I lost. Look at this. And so you got to swallow your pride. 
You know, God will humble us. He's definitely humbled me many times, and I've learned a lot of hardships and lessons. God blesses those who patiently endure in testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Man, I just like him so much. He's just so hot. I just like her. She's so pretty. I like it when she works out right by me. I want to ask her out. Can I have your number? Man, I just like him. He's got some big muscles. Man, he just looks so attractive in that. So we go based off of appearance today of what's attracting us to that species, to that person. But God goes off of what's the heart look like? How are they treating other people? It can be so easy for us today in our culture to look at things from an eye candy perspective because it's all around us. Modesty, unfortunately, is not something that people really pride themselves in on a daily basis. I wish it was the case. But we got to continue to love people and meet them right where they're at. Now, hear me out. We all struggle with that. We all think that that person's pretty or that person's attractive. But how is their heart posture today? How are they treating other people? Do you really want to be in a relationship with that person? A lot of us treat dating today as if it's Baskin Robbins. This week it's this flavor. Next week it's that flavor. The week after that it's that flavor. And so forth and so forth and so forth. Date with the intent to marry. I realized I had to set my expectations, my standards based on God's principles and the plans that he has for my life versus what Tanner wants to do. And that's not easy. That's not popular by demand at all. But I do not care. I want God's standards and expectations in my life when it comes to dating with the intent to marry. I don't just want to date so I can have the status quo. I want to date and have the expectations and standards that God wants for my life. And we should all strive for that. Never settle. And remember, er, excuse me, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be missled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we out of all creation became his prized possession. This first one, daily action or daily talk. Are you taking action steps daily to better yourself, to better the people around you, or are you just all talk and no walk? And that's something I've really had to ask myself in seasons of life. Am I all talk or am I all walk? And this next one, if you're taking notes, the comfortable life or the growth life? The comfortable life or the growth life? Look, are you just doing things Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, just doing the bare minimum, just doing mediocrity because that's what culture has told you today? Or are you getting out of your comfort zone? Are you going the extra mile at work? Are you helping out that person across the street? Are you encouraging that person in the fast food establishment? Are you asking somebody, a random stranger in public, how their day is going that works at Walmart? Growth requires us to get out of our comfort zone. And that is not easy by any means. That's something I have to do continually every single day. But if you're going to be a Christ follower, if you're going to make a difference in this world, if you're going to make an impact and add value to other people's life, it's going to require growth. It's going to require you to get off your butt and get off the silence and go out there and have an impact in people's life. Here in this town where you live at, 
wherever you live at today, wherever you're listening from, choose growth over comfort. I have to constantly remind myself of that every single day because I think it becomes so easy for us to just kind of go through the motions if we've got a routine down already, if we've got some kind of uh, ritual down every single day. But do something you wouldn't normally do. It doesn't even have to be prioritized in your schedule. Just get out of your comfort zone and do something that's going to challenge you towards growth. James chapter 2. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Wasn't God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal laws found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. This third one, intentional living for Christ or seasonal living for Christ. Look, are we being intentional with our walk with God every single day or only when things are going our way? And when things are going our way, it can be so easy for us to want to go to church, to want to read our Bible, to want to pray, to want to work out, to want to do the things every single day that make us better. But are we doing the things intentionally every single day when things aren't going our way? Let that sink in for a second. Because I know it can be so easy for me to be intentional with my prayer, reading my Bible, working out, eating healthy every day when things are going Tanner's way. But when things aren't going Tanner's way, everything kind of goes south. And I think you guys can probably relate to that today. So we're not doing things our way. We're doing things God's way. And when we do things God's way, things just tend to run a little bit smoother, if you will. Life still has its ups and downs. It always will. But I notice that there's less anxiety. There's less stress and chaos in my life because I'm not in control. God's in control of my life. And he's in control of your life too. It's not you. You don't have the final say. You're not the star celebrity. Jesus is the star celebrity. So intentional living for Christ or seasonal living for Christ. This next one, discrimination or empowerment regardless of appearance. We just talked about this in James chapter 2, and I didn't read all of James 2, but I just went through it briefly 
And to elaborate on that today is growing up in church, unfortunately, people were more concerned about having a country club, having a social hour, having an appearance performance, if you will, of what they wore. They treated people based off of what they wore versus how their heart was, how they treated others. Guys, I could give a crap less about if I wear sweatpants or shorts to church. Come as you are, like the song Nirvana. It is not about trying to have everybody have the perception of us of, look what he wore today. Oh man, he's got that, you know, that new, uh, you know, suit on, or he's got, you know, all these new fancy gadgets on. He's got that new fossil watch, whatever the case may be. I like all that stuff, but I'm not there to dress to impress. For a lot of us today, we just play church instead of be the church every single day. That's something that I've done in a season of my life to where like, I wanted people to think I had all my ducks in a row. I wanted people to think highly of me. We all want that. But if we put more of a focus on how we treat people based off of their appearance, we're doing this wrong. We're not being like Jesus. We're being like the Pharisees. We're being like the hypocrites. So we got to love people unconditionally, regardless of what they were. You know, I wear sweats the majority of the time to church and, and, you know, tennis shoes. I could care less what people think about me. I'm not there to impress other people. But your last name is Stumpf. I don't care. I wasn't raised that way. I'm not going to start acting like a fool now. James chapter 3. We're about to wrap this one up. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we will all make many mistakes, for we could control our tongues, we would be perfect, and could also uh, control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go to wherever we want by means, a small bit in its mouth, and a small rooter make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire, it is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of th- animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Is your tongue encouraging or discouraging people today? Are you blessing people? Are you encouraging people? Are you a lifter? Or are you a leaner? Look, living in Bartlesville, driving in the traffic every single day, sometimes people drive 20 miles under the speed limit. And let's be real, let's keep it honest today. Sometimes that really just ticks me off and makes me really just irked to where I want to throw up some hand gestures. You know what I'm saying? And I probably would in the past. But I've had to realize that I need to control my tongue. I need not to curse people in traffic. I need to bless people. You hear what I'm saying? And I think it can be so easy for us when we're caught in a situation where we don't agree with somebody or we don't like what they believe for us just to bash them instead of saying, hey, I love you. I might not agree with you. I might not exactly accept that, but I love you. I'm going to meet you right there. It's meeting people right where they're at. So is your tongue encouraging people or discouraging people daily? I think this world needs a lot more encouragement every single day. There's so much hate. There's so much just, you know, division in our world today and even in the church, unfortunately. And we as Christ followers of people 
uh, you know, of integrity, of try to do the same thing in private as we do in public, we got to continue to encourage people and yes, challenge them too. The Holy Spirit has convicted me of some things in my life I need to change. And sometimes I think we as Christians or Christ followers always want to point the finger at other people telling them what they're doing is wrong. Uh, but in, you know, the essence, you're always going to have three fingers uh, pointing back at you as well. So I want to give you guys this opportunity today. And guys, I get it. You know, maybe you've been really close with God at one time in your life, but maybe today uh, you're far from God. You've kind of drifted away. I've been there, my friend. Trust me. It can be so easy for us to do that. <coughs> Excuse me. So repeat this prayer after me, and I promise you it will change your life like it has mine for the better. God, I love you. Change my heart. Change my mind. I repent of my sins. I ask for your forgiveness. Help me to flee from that. Help me to choose to follow you today and from this moment forward for the rest of my life, to be intentional in your word and in your prayer, and to give you my life. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That's awesome. If you made that commitment, there's obviously a lot uh, more next steps to follow through with that. Um, and I know that, um, that's not an easy thing to do, but you know, you're on the right path. Uh, and we will still make mistakes at times, guys. We will still fall short because we are flawed individuals who don't have it all together. Uh, but God does. So we have to ask for repentance. We have to ask for, uh, forgiveness every single day, myself included, most definitely trust me. Ask my friends, ask my family. I'm very flawed. Guys, I hope this video, uh, excuse me, I hope this podcast, uh, this message has encouraged you today. Uh, if you find this content helpful, please remember to like, uh, to share, <coughs> and to uh, subscribe, uh, and to you know share with family members and friends. Uh, until next time, Tanner Stump from the uh, Tanner Stump Lifestyle and Leadership Podcast. Thank you.